Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Knocked Conscious. Today I had the pleasure of speaking with Natalie Danilishan. She's with the Free Cities Foundation. It was a fun conversation. Here it is. I hope you enjoy it. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Knocked Conscious. Today I have a special guest with us. I have Natalie Danilishan. She's from freecities.org. Hi Natalie, how are you doing today? Good, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. We've never spoken before. It's so nice to meet you. I've followed you on uh, X lately. Uh, a lot of a lot of the groups and seeing a lot of the different I, ideas that are coming up out of the things that are going on around the world. So tell us a little bit about your organization. That's why I reached out to you. You, you have this group called Free Cities. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, I work for the Free Cities Foundation, and basically it's a foundation, well, what free cities are, they're self-governing territories within other nations, so they uphold individual rights and freedoms, and it's just some, the Free Cities kind of supports the, these little free cities across the world. So that, that, that's one thing that the Free Cities Foundation does. Uh, we're like a support, and we're, we connect to other people and other things and make sure everybody has the support that they need to build these free cities across the world. So that's, that's basically what our organization does. Um, we also have one major event for connecting every year, and that's called Liberty in Our Lifetime. And I will be at the one next year. Um, it's going to be in Prague in 2024. So those tickets actually go on sale on Tuesday. So I'll probably, I, I can link to it or something um, on Tuesday, but um, it's going to be fantastic. It, you know, last year I connected and met so many people. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. So, and That's the event amazing. ended up in the Times as well. So it, it was really a good time, but I hey. highly recommend people come next year. If anything, to come, come see me. <laughs> there you go. Or to, uh, or to enjoy Prague's beautiful, lenient uh, drug use, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, uh, there was there was none of that there that I saw personally. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Like the buildings were astonishing. I got to see the clock. I don't know how many people know about the frog clock, but that that was gorgeous. And the food was just delicious. Like if you want really good European food, go to Prague. Uh, um, I should be a travel advisor, you know, like, oh, it's interesting. You should go to Prague. (laughs) See me and the food. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, Natalie in the food. There you go. In, in Prague next year, 2024. They will call it Pragali or Nata Nata Natalovia or something like that. Natalovakia. We'll do it. Republic. Our theme last year was opt into freedom, so that was pretty cool. Oh, so, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, so like let that. me ask you about that. So in Prague, are there any free cities currently existing in there? In, in- Not in Prague, but it's in um, Prospera. And Morazan are two places where we have free cities and, you know, they're, they're better than the government outside of them. They, they are getting pushback um, from governments, but that's to be expected. You know, uh, you go in and you have a contract and you have these set of rules and, you know, in exchange, you get less taxes, more freedom, uh, less laws. So I, it's, it's a win in my opinion. Personally, I think, I think the United States should really start looking into this because it's like, California could easily be its own free city if it wanted to, you know, uh, we, we could have secession in America and we could have these free cities popping up, especially we don't know what's going to happen in 2024 with Hillary and Trump. <laughs> you know, we could have some, you know, Netflix is saying we're going to have a civil war. You know, what American are you? Have you seen those that ad yet right. for, yeah. that, for that video? It's like, well, I mean, come on, Tim, Tim Pool talks about it every 
segment. So five minutes, you know. But but Tim's Tim is right. I mean, that could very well, well happen in America. It's not calling for it when you're observing the actions that are leading up to it. Like you think we're prophetic. I mean, you we talk about Alex Jones, right? He just reinstated. Oh, he yeah. just read the stuff and then extrapolated it out. It's not yeah. that hard to do with the right information. No. There are geniuses in certain ideological circles that are absolute geniuses. And you look at them and they reach out with an ideological view and you sit there and you squint your heads because they don't have the data that contradicts what they're thinking because they didn't receive that data. When you're when you have limited data, you're going to come out with a limited solution. Yeah. And, you know, I think just observing how they led us up to this, you know, by separating us during COVID and then by pinning each other, uh, us Race and gender other, you know, and with, with and... Black Lives Matter and everything. And now the whites are being excluded and you're lining it up to piss off Americans. And you can't tell me this isn't on purpose. This is like their playbook. You're, you're yeah, watching right. it happen in real time, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, I, you know, if Trump wins, which I think he might, because if the choice is Trump and Biden, it's going to be Trump. You well, know, if that's... if he doesn't, there is there's no way you can't call fraud. I can't imagine. We're talking yeah. about the recent polls of 33 percent approval rating, plus the newest one where I think he uh, Trump is up nine. But we need to caution because remember 2016 when Hillary was winning, it was 92 eight. I remember the number specifically. There was the caricature. Remember the 92%. And I think that all the Trump people went underground and didn't say who they were going to vote for. So it really made it look even more stronger towards Hillary. And I think that's kind of what's happening with the with the other side is that yeah. the Trump people who are very assertive, a little more, you know, passionate, I would assume, in that way, right? In in the civil liberties way, in that in that let me be me kind of way, don't tread on me, Gadsden flag kind of way. Um, they are pushing back, and now the the other side is kind of cowering and not admitting who they're voting for either. So we have to very much be cautious about those polls too, because I think people start changing their own minds or telling you or sharing less, depending well, on how the. I actually. I, I actually made a bet with a friend back in 2016 that Trump was going to win. I, I had a gut feeling he was going to win. And he was like, you're crazy. No, Hillary's going to win. And I said, I don't know. I'm seeing all the signs in Ohio that are pointing towards Trump winning. And, and that, that's what it was a seen. feeling, right? Yeah, it's it's a vibe. And um, plus, too, everybody had Trump signs in their front yard. That was kind of obvious. But, you know, Ohio's about, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Ohio's this huge state, so you know we we do have we're kind of like a swing state in a sense. But um, well, I think right. Ohio did was on the correct side of the presidential election for everyone since the six sixty, I think. So yeah. it has been the way Ohio goes is the way this the country goes. Yeah. In that way, so for you to see the visual signs of that, and then for you to get that result, you kind of put that together yourself as well. Yeah, so I was like, Trump's going to win. And he did. And <laughs> we had a great four years, some fantastic four years. And then the dementia patient won. And now here we are. We had a less interfering four years. How about that? Yeah. You know? It, it, I mean, even when Trump was leaving, people would say, oh, don't forget how he was tyrannical about COVID. Okay, he was pretty tyrannical with COVID. But at the same time, uh, by the time he was leaving, he was you know, saying, hey, we need to move on. It's a virus. We got to live with it. I remember him saying that 
and you know him taking off his mask when he got off the helicopter that one time do you remember that yeah yeah look yeah. the thing is everyone started hard i was actually in vegas the day they shut it down <laughs> i was in belize the week right before leading up to the covid shutdown it was march 16th or something or 20th in 2020 and the street is empty i have pictures of the las vegas boulevard without a car on it sitting at giada's and it just was empty and you're just like whoa this is crazy so yeah. um you had to go hard first but then the, you have to then look at the evidence look at the data and then like you said change your mind he he did reverse now the one criticism i will say he does tout the the vaccines and the speed of them being done under his watch which is 100% correct and that was an amazing feat of administrative capability but it also was tainted by Pfizer. So let's not kid ourselves. I mean, we understand. Yeah, I, well, I'm still unvaccinated. I got COVID. I got the natural antibodies. I'm good. Uh, so thank so you. So I was diabetic. I'm diabetic, type two diabetic. And when it first hit, right in the beginning, I said, "I'm with my girlfriend. We just masked everywhere. I live in Arizona, so we're pretty, pretty uh, li civil liberty." oriented we might be purple now but we're still very much leave me alone kind of thing so nothing not much was shut down we still did everything i ended up going to the doctor they're like get vaccinated and i said no let me see what i can do first let me work on my blood sugar let me work on my exercise let me work on all this stuff i focus i lost 20 pounds i i'm now pre-diabetic i got off one medication so it's like I took it upon myself. I started taking vitamin D and all the other stuff, you know, the, the general health things. I got COVID twice and I breezed through it and I am diabetic. So to tell me that, I mean, I understand I had a comorbidity. I didn't have all of them or I didn't have four of them, but I had one of them. I was able to get through it without much problem because I had taken vitamin D and supplemented and, and really worked on my health. I've gotten it two or three times since and just been like, oh, sniffle, got it you know, done. I've, I've only gotten it once. Um, but when I did get it, uh, my, my friend actually texted me, um, and was like, you need to be taking vitamin D. You need to be taking raw zinc. And, you know, he just texted me all the vitamins. Actually, this friend was Rob Schneider, which is kind of cool, but oh. <laughs> you know, wait, yeah. Wait, wait, Rob so, Schneider's a friend of yours. Yeah. Uh, we, we Very nice. that's, I follow him and I actually, oh, sorry. he's, he's amazing liberty guy. Yeah, yeah, he is he, definitely. He, Posts a lot of Mises content and freedom and liberty, and I just love him. He is an amazing person. And actually, everybody should go see his uh, movie this weekend, Daddy Daughter Trip. I am watching it for my birthday. So for some odd reason, I watch Rob Schneider you know, videos on my birthday. Oh, it's really? just like tradition at this point. I don't know. Did you watch Deuce Bigelow on one of your birthdays? Is that what you're trying to tell yeah, me? Yeah, I did. I did. That's but not Deuce 2. Please, not 2. Just tell me you didn't watch 2 on your birthday. That would have been... <laughs> But um, so it, it was just, he's a fantastic person. But I, I have autoimmune issues. I don't have a gallbladder. I don't have an appendix now. I lost my, I actually lost my appendix this year. Uh, I had kidney problems as a kid. I had um, autoimmune issues with uh, fighting upper respiratory infections. I have, I've had diverticulitis. So I've had, you know, these horrible things in my life. And I was still like, I will risk it. I will not put more into my body that my body does it need, I need to naturally build that immunity. And I think that's something that we're missing in society. I mean, the building of a natural immune system. Everybody's like, here's a quick fix. And it, you know, it just messes with your body. I remember my nieces and nephew when there was uh, like the, the antibacterial stuff at the entrance of the school now. And I'm like, 
You're supposed to play with spit and dirt. What are you ta- What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, if you I, don't play I, with your boogies, what are you doing as a child? I don't understand. Yeah. I, I tell my kids all the time, go eat dirt. You know, go play in the mud. You'll get dirty. And Well, two of them are teenagers now, so they're kind of past that. But the youngest one, she definitely comes home muddy and filthy and dirty. So it's like, good, you're building your immune system. But, you know, my kids, over the years, they, they really don't get sick very much. Right. I'm know, from my, the same thing. I'm a first-generation American. Same thing. My parents were both German, met here. And uh, it's it was always just throw dirt on it and get back in the game. You know, we just we were exposed. They threw it. I think we did a chicken pox party. They threw us all together so we'd all get it at the same time. You know, I remember doing that growing up. So, yeah, I mean, I just remember being a kid in the 80s. Oh, man, this is taking me back today. Yeah. 86, man. I was born. So, OK, early 80s, 90s. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm still kind of young. Um. But my oldest child's about to turn 18. It's really strange. But, um, yeah, you know, going over those sketchy ramps as a kid and coming home with cuts. Helmets and, and elbow pads. We what didn't are you have talking helmets. About? Yeah. Right. What are you talking about? I grew up in just outside Philadelphia. We rode our bike everywhere. Not a single helmet to be found anywhere. You always came home with like a road rash or some dirt on your knee or some skin missing and a little, you know, scrape. That's what it was. It's kind of weird. Not I don't know what belt? happened. No seatbelts. My mom. T- so I was born in '74, and we had a not we had a Pinto station wagon. Mm-hmm. Which are the ones that blow up when they get hit. My I had an Oldsmobile station wagon. Yes. <laughs> so my mom tells me the story of laying us in the back on a blanket, not mm-hmm. in a seat, not in a seatbelt, not even sitting upright. You're laying in the back in a blanket, like in a Ford Pinto. Yeah. That we. Me and my siblings, I have two siblings, so uh, we would just sit in the back of the station wagon and everything would be like going backwards. I, I just remember that was like my childhood, like staring back. Uh, you had that seat face in the back, right? Looking out the back. Yep. And then and then we had to replace the engine once. I, I remember I, I helped my dad uh, is actually he was a mechanic for like 30 years. So I helped my dad one summer replace the engine on that. So that that's a fond memory, just playing with spark plugs and stuff and just being a kid and getting dirty and it was a good life. And I, I think that's something that is missing a lot from this generation. Just having fun, getting dirty, fiddling with stuff, you know? Yeah. I, it's definitely happened. So I think just briefly, we were, we had a brief conversation before we got cut off, but you had mentioned something about you have three children and you homeschool them all. Yeah. I homeschool all of my kids. My son graduated actually last year when he was 16. Congratulations. Great. So, uh, yeah, at he's 16, he graduated at 16. Yeah. So it speaks um, to both his, his ability to learn and your ability to, to, uh, to express and teach, huh? Yeah. It would, it, you know, I, I'll give credit to him. He's a very intelligent man and he was very determined and, uh, he wanted to do it. So he did it. Um, I actually was homeschooled myself and I graduated at 16. So we're second generation homeschoolers. How so, did that happen in your family? How did that come to be? Or is there a history to that with your family? Well, my mom was very religious. I'm not so much, um, but she she was very religious. And, um, okay, so this is a strange story. My gym teacher died in front of the whole class. Uh, I did go to public school from, like, kindergarten to third, second grade. I think it was. I was pulled out. And uh, the gym teacher died in front of the class. We, all the kids wanted to pray for him, but the teachers weren't allowing it really. And um, my mom got upset by that. And then I got in trouble 
for going to my brother's class and telling him that the gym teacher just died. And um, my mom was just done with all of that. You know, she was just ready to pull us all out after that. And she did. She pulled us all out. So. I don't agree with the dogma of the religion, to be honest, and of, of any religion in general, because I think the human pro- there's a human problem to it. But I admire people with the conviction of it. If well, that makes I, sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I really admire the people. Generally, the people who have those convictions are very good people at their core. And they just tend to find something to which they relate or something. Now, um, I grew up very religious, but I was Episcopalian. But in my time growing up, I've watched the church become completely woke. And that's just something I don't necessarily agree with. Um, I felt like they were moving away from teaching the Bible to just teaching their wokeness. And, uh, you know, as Elon calls it, the woke mind virus, it's infected right. churches. Yeah, just I saw them as in much Italy. as infected cool schools. Yeah. So it, it's like we're having this issue across the board. And it's just something I wanted to back away from. So I stopped going to church. And instead, on Sundays, my daughter and I volunteer at a horse rescue. That's what oh, I do. I figure I'll, I'll, I'll take care of God's creatures. That's. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I would assume you have some kind of personal thing that you would have, yeah. right? A personal faith? Um, sort? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would just I'm not trying to pin you in a corner or anything. I'm not trying to get no. you. I'm, you know, it's oh, not no, it's fine. I'm, I'm perfectly, no, I'm perfectly fine with, you know, being open about my religion. Um, so, yeah, I just, I believe in God and aliens, you know, keep all my bases covered. You know, you never know what might come. But it's just something that, I think it's a personal thing. It really is. And you have to figure out your way through what your religion is and what you feel is right and correct. And um, my mom doesn't necessarily agree, but then, you know, whatever. (laughs) We still love each other. I love my mom very much. She, she just thinks I'm a heathen 90% of the time, which is probably true. Well, you know, Um, it's something, but it's it's because she loves you. It's out of love. I mean, it's really because she has this belief system that, thinks that if you live a certain way, you're going to go a certain place. And if she feels that for you, she's going to want that for you because she loves you. I mean, well, he, we you know, know I, I feel like deep down inside, if you're a good person, good things will happen to you. You will, will be rewarded. So it's just try to be a, a good, loving, caring person and take care of your fellow man and fellow people. And good things will come. That That's my general opinion on it. But I have met some super religious people who have been straight up assholes to me. And they they were horrible. They treated me rudely. And um, yeah, you know, they say, bless your heart to your face. And you know, they're not meaning actually bless your heart. Right. Like bless so, your heart. Like, oh, you're going to mm-hmm. die alone and in hell and you're going to be ripped apart for life. You're just less. Yeah. So, so they want to pat you on the head and send you on your way, pat, you know, go, go, go. It's extreme hubris, I think, within religious sections and uh, even some circles that I fly in. So it's just something I'm I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and try to be a good person and try to make people's lives better and just ignore you type thing. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's the thing. It's like interesting because I, I will say that. Uh, it's I came from very, very conservative. So my mom was in East Germany and then they escaped. So like they mm. came from like my grandfather was a soldier in the Nazi army. It's like crazy shit. 
<laughs> so they escaped. So they went from like fascism to communism to West Germany to America. Like they just the they were just getting all kinds of different ideologies back and forth. And it's basically leave us alone. Right. My uh, my grandfather, my great grandfather used to say to my mom, uh, politics is the uh, same pile of shit, different flies, basically. Right. That's all it mm-hmm. was. Right. So when they came, they were very conservative. They wanted to Americanize us. We got very American names. Uh, and, and we assimilate, we learned English, you know, we didn't, we didn't corner off, like we had Germany, German community club, but we didn't have that as what our, that was our backup or that was our, like our behind the scenes stuff, but we were still Americans. So we assimilated, right. Cause we believed in American dream of as a whole. And I think that dream's kind of gone. So it's yeah. not like people aren't assimilating as much, you know, and we're not seeing each other face to face and they are kind of separating us a little bit. Well, did you see uh, how there was an article not too long ago how some of the migrants coming into the country are like, we're going back home because the American dream's not here anymore. And I'm like, bye. Well, Ecuador, <laughs> yeah. I heard a lot of people in Ecuador going back or something. Some yeah. Something. But I was just, you know, there's too many people here. We, we just can't handle the influx. We can't, you know, and, and same with other European countries. So yeah, it, I think it's, it's a challenge for everyone. I mean, I don't understand why secure borders is such a controversial topic. I don't. I just don't understand that. Oh, among libertarians, it is definitely because they're all right. like. And I'm. I'm a, like I said, I'm first generation, but we we continued the tenet of the of that mindset because we live that on. You know what I mean? Like we uh, we agree with that concept that you should, you know, pursue your happiness as long as your pursuit doesn't interfere with another's and all that kind of stuff. You know. Yeah, uh, and you just as long as you don't interfere with the property and rights of others. That that's oh, absolutely. You know, the, the the main thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That that's so the problem that, I'm seeing right now. <laughs> yeah, so well well with that, you know, it kind of came from like the last thing my mom saw was communism, so she just we just voted Republican. And I voted, you know, I was pretty I was a registered Republican until I think it was after 2016, I think it was a 2018 election. With Martha McSally and Kirsten Cinema, if you remember that election, wow. that was a dumpster fire election. But Long I ago. finally stepped back, and now I'm no political party. I just kind of stepped because it, there's not. It's a corporate uniparty now. You know, it's it's all control opposition. It's not. I yeah. you know we're not getting the independence that we need from from our from our elected officials. I mean, we're not really getting the winners, are we? I mean, we have Trump who, you know, despite how good he is, I'm still pissed he didn't pardon Snowden, Assange, or, you know, pardon I, Ross. I don't understand that. I don't understand that one. Yeah. Uh, so so that, that, that still takes me off. And then we have Trump, who's like a dementia patient, and he's like up in his 80s. Biden. And Trump is getting there. I'm sorry, Biden. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Trump is getting up there, too. You know, it's like you can't even tell him apart anymore. But it, yeah. it's just they're all getting old. Why do we have such old people? I mean, what what is the age where you become a president? Thirty five. Where are the young thirty five somethings, you know, right. who want to run our country? They're not there. So, what's going on? I I mean, if you look at uh, RFK, he he's fit and he looks like he could do a great job, but he, there's still some things about him I don't hundred percent like. He recently lost all the credibility he gained. I mean, he did he did a great yeah. job on Rogan, but since then the other side of his mouth has opened and everything else has come out. So he's kind of lost 
a lot of that credibility that he really had a lot banked. If he would have just shut up about certain things, I think he would do very well. I agree with that, actually. Um, But I like that he's a fighter. Once again, I don't care if I agree with you or not. I do admire that your heart's in it. Now, I do need you to be honest. You know, there still needs to be some kind of intellectual honesty. You have to be an honest actor, right? Come from, like, I actually truly believe this. It's not for profit. It's not to manipulate. It's not for control. It's for, I actually believe these things, you know? Yeah. Now, Michael Rechternwald, he's running on the Libertarian ticket, and he's fantastic. Yes, and I'm speaking with him tomorrow. Oh, he's actually a friend of mine. Tell him I said hi. Yes, that's what, okay, yeah. So I have a conversation with him uh, in the after, in the evening, tomorrow evening. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. Um, I really love him. I will but, tell you know, him to say hi. The, the libertarian ticket is kind of like, mm, you know. Yeah. So uh, what can you tell me about that? I I I wanted to ask about that because Joshua Smith is the other is another one, right? Uh, Joshua Smith, yeah. Josh Smith, I know him too. And then <laughs> Nervald, Nervand, or Vander Van or something. There's a couple of them. Uh, now I've met four. I I know four of them running. Could you give me um, the, some thoughts on them in general? Well, not each of them. I, I mean, for Josh, he's a sweetheart and he has a lot of kids. Um, he just had one, didn't he? Didn't he recently yeah, just have a? He just had another baby. I, I'm trying to think yeah. of everybody that's running. I have to look at their pictures. It's weird. Uh, Michael Rechtenwald, though, he's highly intelligent. Um, he's an Austrian uh, background. But I mean, the whole it, it's. It's kind of giving me the same feelings as Biden and Trump. I mean, the libertarian ticket. Well, Dr. Dr. Reckonwald has a challenge in his, he is not a politician. He's not, he doesn't have the personality of the politician the way you would need a little bit more of the conversationalist. He's highly intelligent. Highly intelligent. Um, And I I think he's a great conversationalist uh, personally, because I talk to him all the time. But, right. And I but I also think that's from kind of your similar in that way. But I'm talking about that politician thing that, you know, those people yeah. have like I let's actually be honest, have, Trump has it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Trump, Trump has, has it. it. He has that yeah. that, you know, FU type personality. Um, <laughs> I actually have one of Michael's books right under my laptop here that I'm holding. Oh, my perfect. Which which book is it? The Great Reset. The Great Reset. So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he he's a highly intelligent man, but, you know, we need fighters at this point because what's coming in america i mean you're seeing the economy crash in real time that's what we're having right now they're they're even admitting we're like in a recession uh so whoever comes into office in 2024 they're gonna have to deal with that they're gonna have to deal with you know the the shit that the dems have done the last three years which you know is try to separate us and then you have the ukraine russia thing coming on and then after that you have the thing in Israel. Uh, so it's like we have, it, it's, a, it's a clusterfuck. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. You know? And that's the challenge is like how far, what are the forces pushing all those things? And will a single one, two people be able to thwart even just in one election stave off enough? You know what I mean? Cause I think what I, what I saw in Trump was, I think he went in a little naive, just not understanding how it worked. So when he had those initial players, they weren't the best players, right? And he kind of wised up a little bit. I think once again, I think, right. I think one of the things that Trump has an advantage of is he learns from his previous actions. So I don't think he would make the same 
naivete errors that he would, but I don't know what a some say a libertarian single libertarian individual walking into that administration or into that government is going to do. I don't know if he could do a Malay type thing and who what are the consequences of something like that? Just shredding all those types of things with like, just out of the blue, you know? Well, um, it's going to save a lot of money for their country, one. But two, sure. that means a, a lot of unemployed people. So that's one right. Thing. That's the question I that no yeah. one really seems to talk about. It's like, where are they? I, look, I believe the three letter agencies absolutely need to be phased out. But mm -hmm. phase out is much different than the wrecking ball. Because yeah. a wrecking ball will cause like 80% of those jobs are administrative by people who really might not be able to do other jobs that much, right? They're kind of paper pushers, kind of almost like government jobs. Those employee jobs are just kind of like next mm -hmm. click, click, right? Where are those going to go? Do we just put them right on wealth? Like, does it go right to a, a middle welfare while we find a new industry? I mean, it's, we have to, no one, everybody talks about like what we're going to do next. We don't talk about what we're going to do like three steps from what we did next. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I play chess a lot. So I, I see those four, yeah, well, four moves ahead. So you, it's like, where's chess chick zero then, one, then, right? On Twitter. Yeah. On, yeah. Chess chick zero one. Uh, so it's like, uh, where, where are we going to do with all those people losing those jobs if we do that? So that, that is, there has to be a good plan in place. And, you know, I, th I think they're doing okay right now with Malini, and we could do that here in the United States. I mean, look at when the government shuts down because we don't have enough funding. Do you, do you notice any big difference? Not from, not certainly not on an individual level, not in that way. There's a lot of jobs in government that we don't need. We, we Absolutely. Need the private I, sector to come in and start taking over our economy, in my opinion. And I agree. I agree 100% we do have too much and it certainly should be this. It should always work from the smallest government out should work from the most local out. We have absolutely too much in place. The thing is they, it is in place. Undoing it is a much different statement than not starting it. Right. Yeah. So we have to start slowly undoing it, undoing those spaghetti wires of, you know, cords and not hopefully, you know, maybe do one, one three letter at a time and then slowly fold it in over a decade, two decades, you know, even, but the problem is with four year, eight year terms that gets signed yeah, out. You have to do it term. in a four, you have yeah, to do it, you right? have to in short term. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, hopefully personally, I think uh, Argentina right now is ground zero for libertarian ideas. So I really hope they do well. And then no, absolutely telling yeah. that in other countries that that's, that's my, um, goal my like my ideal you know with argentina it's like we, we can make this work but you have to really start by you know making sure these ideas that we all promote here in the united states succeed so so i'm, I'm over here praying for that <laughs> hoping that it actually works yeah. out you know not just for you know the libertarian ideas but for the argentina people you know they need that absolutely well we we just need people to survive and get to tomorrow right i mean more than anything so well, we need people to prosper. We need prosperity again. Prosperity. And that, 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 that so many people, are, myself included, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, barely making it with three children. So it's hard. Inflation. I can only imagine. Killed my budget. Um, I was actually, uh, I resigned from one job this year. I was let go from another and I lost my appendix. So it's been a tough year for me. Oh but my gosh. I've been okay. You know, um, it sounds yeah, like you have a good community support, though. You have a lot of group of close people that, you know. They... I have good friends. 
uh, really good friends. And my mom has helped by watching the kids and stuff when I need it. So it, it's been helpful. Um, but at the same time, I have that community and that support. What, what's happening to the people who don't? And that that's right. sad. So. Right. And it's kind of, uh, it would be nice if we were all one big community, but it is hard to do that. I mean, you have to start small and work your way outward. You can't start large and work your way down. Trickle down community doesn't work. Yeah, that, that that's very true. I think Elon's um, kind of pulling a lot of people together on X. That, that's one For great sure. thing about that platform. He is kind of bringing in all the people who support free speech right. and uh, agree with it. So that that's actually been quite refreshing to see. You know, just free speech being pushed and talked about on a platform, mega platform. You know, you go on Facebook and you don't have that. You really oh, no, don't. not at all. I no, you get Facebook. you get banned for saying two plus two equals five or something. You know? Right. <laughs> that, right. That, <laughs> I can't tell two you how two. many bans I've had on Facebook. I had since Elon took over, I had one ban on Tw uh, X. And that was because the old algorithm automatically dinged people. Uh, so it, I was talking about Zelensky and um, I, I, I got banned. And then um, I think it was Alex or somebody was talking about how all of these accounts got an Insta ban. And I was one of them. And Elon replied to it. He was like, what, what accounts got a ban? And then he unbanned us in like five minutes. Oh, so very cool. Elon fixed me being banned, which was very cool. And it was like, OK, I'm, I'm like, and he had a hand in it, now. like a direct yeah. hand in it. That's cool. <laughs> a direct hand. Yeah. So I actually and I you've had some engagement job. since, right? Yeah, I've had uh, Elon's talked to me. I don't know. I've lost count. It's probably been about seven or eight times, maybe ten. It's getting up there, but it's very cool. He's he's I'm a in very current cool Twitter guy. jail, and I can't figure it out. So what, what, why are you in Twitter jail? I honestly do not know. If you go through my feed, other than saying Nikki Haley should never be president, that's probably the only thing I've really said that was about incendiary. But so I had Scott Horton on in October. And Nikki Haley came up and I use that clip always that I just can't with this woman. I just can't. And uh, <laughs> well, this is what happened. So I have recently started doing this. I've been blessed. First of all, Scott was is gifting me with his time. You're gifting me with time. Dr. Rechtenwald is going on tomorrow. All I had to do is simply you want to talk community. I all I had to do is ask, excuse yeah. me, do you have an extra hour? And some people are like, no, I don't. I'm like, cool. And many are like, sure, let's chat, right? And then an hour turns into two, and who knows what happens out of that, right? So, for example, Connor Freeman, who's with Scott, he lives in where I live. So I reach out to Connor through that. So now I'm hoping to meet with Connor. So it's like, once again, it's becoming this organic growth kind of thing, right? So I get on Twitter, and in one week, I start engaging a little bit more because I'm starting to build the conversations more. And I gained 70 followers in one week. I hit 500 followers and I literally not, I didn't get a single like retweet, repost ad friend for an entire week. And I went from like, I don't have the impressions you do. Please understand. I'm a nobody, but I went from 60,000 impressions to 6,000 in a week and then went back up to 70 or 80,000. And now I'm, I'm now at 1000 impressions and I would disappeared again. And I don't, I do not know what I did. I asked multiple times. They say they can't tell me, but I can't imagine other than other individual people trying to do something concerted. I can't imagine, but why would I not exist anywhere? And I just upgraded to premium 
and then premium plus. So I actually did pay yeah. into it now. Well, I think one of the biggest things is getting that at those retweets from uh, bigger accounts. That's really what pushes you up. Um, Correct. And right. and so so you should get a little help this week from me. Oh, so we'll, see how, we'll see I, how it goes. I'm not uh, complaining. But, I really think it's an algorithm thing. And I, honestly, I think it's it's totally fine. I'm just trying to figure it out because I know there is a trick to it, right? There's a there's a style. You had to figure that out. And I thought when it was working initially, I thought I had figured it out. And I kept doing that. Now it's not working. So now I got to figure out the new things. Yeah. Well, thank I, you for I, helping. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep it mostly like memes, videos, short, simple. You know, use yeah. the kiss principle. Absolutely. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, um, repost so, with a quick, a little quip or something, right? Nothing. Crazy. Yeah, um, and and that's that's about that, you know. Um, I I will say my average for a week is about three million impressions. That would explain so, why, yeah. Yeah. If you looked at my analytics that I screenshot, it's like it just looks weird. And I posted them. I'm just like, I just don't understand. I'm not mad. I just don't understand it. So, but thank you. So. The chess chick that that always that boggled me about you because I would a lot of people use her name when they're in this type of influencer. Where did the chess chick name come from? Were you a professional? What tell me the story about the chess background? Um, I, I did play some professional. I was um the president of the chess team in college. Believe it or not, at sixteen. So um, you know, wow. I've been playing chess since I was a little girl, and I'm not that great. I, I basically do it for fun, but um. Yeah, when I joined Twitter in, I think it was 2009, I'll have to look, but I've been on, you know, Twitter X for ages now, so I have an old account, and... Um, I have. I was April 2009, so... Yeah, so when I signed up, um, I was just like, I'll just do this chess chick, you know, whatever, and... Right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah it's turned into actually my handle for the last 10 years and i actually this is gonna sound crazy but i really didn't have a following until three years ago now three years ago was when covid started and i was probably in libertarian circles one of the first to push back um i'm not saying i'm the first i'm just saying i was one of the first and I have tweets from like January, February already saying, hey, this is bullshit. They're going to try something. And um, from March on, yeah, I, I got um, tons of, you know, people didn't really side with me at first. But after about July, that was when I started to get a huge uptick from my speaking out about it. And I'm like, this is bullshit. These lockdowns are bullshit. The mask is bullshit. You know, the vaccines are bullshit. So, um I got a lot of hate. I uh, was called a Nazi. I got my favorite nickname from that, which is Aryan Barbie. That was my favorite. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, I was like, this is Does the best. Does it come with insult. armband and everything? Does it come? You know, it didn't. I, I was <sighs> hoping for a pink one, you know. But <laughs> a bedazzled, a little sparkle. Bedazzled, little you know, glitters. Um, but no, uh, uh, so so that was my favorite insult, and I actually ran with it. So now some of my that's, followers. That's a fun one, actually. So so some of my followers will call me Aryan Barbie. But um, so you might see that. No, not Nazi. Like, that's crazy. But um. Yeah, so, and then I, I started losing friends, and that hurt a lot, and I, I, my, I probably, though, 
the worst thing out of it all was uh, my grandma was in a nursing home at that time and she was dying of cancer, not COVID, cancer. And um, they would not let us see her. And then she was getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And then finally they sent her to the emergency room because she hadn't eaten in four days, but they told us on that fourth day. So she was already not taking in liquid. Emaciated. Yeah. So by the time we got to her, she was already knocking on death's door. And uh, they still wouldn't let us see her. So me and my mom transferred her to a, um, it's not a respite, but it's a hospice. Hospice, thank you. No, um, I totally get it. It's always so funny when yeah. we have like 8,000 of these conversations. It's like that word's right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. But no, so we transferred her to a hospice and we were able to be with her for the last three days. But after a year, I only spending the last three days with my grandma, I will never forgive them for that. They can go fuck themselves. If they even try this shit again, no, fuck you. You know, I, I'm not going to take it. And I know there's millions of people out there who are not going to take it again either. So they kind of shot themselves in their the foot being so tyrannical so quick. And they yeah. really did. And you know what? They, they did win in a sense because we have less freedoms now. So um, And NDAA top- just got extended, right? Or whatever. Yeah. So, 702. Yeah. Thomas tried to stop that. I saw that. I know, yeah. I know. But it's like he tried. I I admire the man, but you knew there was a workaround. He knew that they were gonna circumvent it the second he voted no. And I don't that's not to say he shouldn't vote no. I'm not saying anything about that. But like, let's be honest, I'm a soldier, right? I know that the fight is lost because even with my if I vote yes, it goes through. If I vote no, they just circumvent. At least I gotta look like I'm gonna vote no. And I'm not saying he didn't agree with it. Of course, Thomas Massey, Rep. Massey seems like the most, once again, you want to talk honest actor? I can work with an honest actor. Someone just needs to be who they are, and I can work with them because that's where compromise comes in. But you can't work with the dishonest actors who are really lying, right? And there are some people who do vote a certain way knowing it's still going to go a certain way. Yeah. let's Let's look at the UN, for example. What was the thing about the ceasefire? Everyone voted... U.S. voted no, and the U.K. did what? They didn't vote yes. They voted abstain. So they didn't take the heat for voting no, but they didn't exactly vote yes either. So when the vote Mm -hmm. looks back, they can say, we didn't vote yes to stop the ceasefire, you know, whatever. Or we didn't vote no, we voted abstain. And they can, you know, it's that whole illusion of the how we move forward to vote on their record, I guess, in a way. Now, I I do absolutely like Rep Massey. So yeah. Uh, he's a sweetheart. Um, and he follows me. So I'm like, Woo. yeah, yeah, he follows me too. I, I have his Christmas card behind me. I actually oh, just showed this. Show, yeah, let's go through these. I, let's go through I, these. I actually showed this in another um, episode I just did this week. But Well, yeah. I'm hurt. Oh, very cool. I yeah. will be posting that. I'm going to screenshot that so and post that, that out. That, that's his actual Christmas card. It wasn't the guns. They were holding banjos. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, did they did they uh, redo it with guns or something? Yeah. It got uh, all over the internet. I'll, I'll show you AI a couple. AI is going to kill us all, Natalie. This was Carol and Ron Paul's Christmas card. Uh, it was beautiful. a thing. Um, There's another That was Christmas this year card. as well? No, that was, uh, I think, last year or two years ago. And oh, then here's another nice. Ron Paul one um, up that. here. That's me with Jeff Deist. Um, that's Hans Herman Hoppe, more Ron Paul stuff. And then, and then there's a bunch of pictures going up. Some are my kids, so I'll keep those out. But Very, very <laughs> um, nice. Very nice. So, yeah. yeah. That, that's and, and, and that's like my, I said, my I, wall of fame over there. Beautiful. And that, 
And then on the other side, I have all my name tags from events I've attended or spoke at. So very cool. Yeah. yeah. And so I have a weird wall. It's kind of like my it, it keeps me motivated, you know, like I I've think that's cool actually people. huge. Yeah, I mean that you need that. It's like, okay, you're doing this now. Okay, do one step better than that. So Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Like I, I'm still trying to figure out why I'm even doing this, but it's like I just want to get to know people. Yeah. I, I don't know if I like knowing people, but I love meeting and getting to know people because by the end of a conversation like this, you're just like, hey, how did it seem? It's like you guys knew each other forever. It's like, yeah, because you just talk. You just That's yeah. what it's about, you know? Well, it's funny, too, because sometimes I think I like people online, but then I don't like them in person. Uh, or then you find out just how effing horrible they are, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think what it boils down to is just yeah back to being a good person type thing you know in and out in your soul and you know online and all that stuff but i've been known to be a heathen online i'm getting a little old though for that i need to dial it back a bit i think well i'm starting to push 40 (laughs) i'm 37 but i'll be 37 tomorrow Well, like I said, it's very interesting. Yeah, tomorrow's your birthday once again. That's so awesome. Uh, and yep. about that, though, you talk about the heathen thing. It's like it's like almost the libertarian comes in line with the god, and I'm actually kind of an anti-theist. I'm very Hitchensian in my uh, only – I'll talk with you offline because I don't want to sound like a total crazy person on this yeah. podcast. I sounded crazy on plenty of them. But, yeah, so uh, I always found the connection between god and, and the liberty thing because – it seems to me going back that in history, everyone believed they were deists at least, right? So they were just God. God was like a thing. It was like everyone just spoke of God. It wasn't like there was an anti-theist or an atheist real movement. It was just there was the reason at one point, but most of the founders were just believers in God, right? It was like God gave us these rights. And I feel like we conflated those two and we can't, I feel like the liberty and God should be completely separate. I don't think that that faith should have anything to do with that personally. I also am one of those people who believe in objective truths and like that, that have nothing to do with the, I don't need the religion part to tell me what good and bad is because I've experienced the contrast of good versus bad. That's not to say that I want to argue with people's belief system. It's just, I have a hard time connecting the two, the way many libertarians seem to connect the two. Do you find that at all with your belief system at all? No, not really, because it's, you know, for me, it's like, well, if you believe in God, well, you should believe in these principles as well. You know, freedom, liberty, okay. you know, you have God given rights as well. Um, yeah. they, okay. pre- they, they predate government. So that, that's like my my theory right. on that. Um, for, but for me, really, the reason why I fight for liberty is because my kids, I want them to know freedom. First of all, thank you again for your time. Sorry about the technical glitches. I think it's probably me. I tend to make things go boom. So um, I'm working on it. it. Yeah, I think I did. I broke the internet. (laughs) So, well, you know, Al Gore's got to fix it because, you know, he made it. Anyway, so. But uh, yeah, with with my kids, with with, with, for me, liberty means just fighting for my children. That's where I was going with that. No, please. Yeah. yeah, Please share, expound on that, please. And then expound that into your, uh, your joining of free cities. Cause I I think that is a really important thing that the free city, uh, not ideology, but the concept, the idea of it is a good thing to 
have expressed and shared with everyone. Well, I want my kids to know and feel liberty in their lifetime. That That's just my personal goal in life. Uh, I, I kind of, I'm about to turn 37 tomorrow. So Monday, I should say. But, you know, I know it's kind of past the point in my life to actually have any inkling of freedom before I die. That That's where I'm at. But, you know, for my children, they still have a whole life ahead of them. And I want them to know uh, what it's like to have a free city. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've had a cold this week. So um, that was one reason why I did join the Free Cities Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was a little heartbreaking. Yeah. We'll see that. So um, on that front, uh, Mises, uh, do they have an endorsing, endorsing candidate yet? Have they completely endorsed Dr. Rechtenwald or someone yet? Or are they still? They completely stay out of politics as a 501c3, oh, okay. I believe, is there. Okay. Um, they stay out of politics. The same thing with the Free Cities Foundation. We tend to stay okay, out yeah. of politics. Thank you for clarifying those those different yeah. Uh, groups and the profits because a c4 i think can be political but they get there's some weird c4 can can be political but there's yeah there's something weird with that um i i just you know recommend that if you work for a foundation you try not to be political that's probably the best thing <laughs> but, I, think, yeah, um, I think that's a uh, very important for sure yeah with with the free cities foundation you know i believe that they're putting into action the liberty ideas and that that's something i haven't seen many liberty orgs do so i definitely wanted my children to know liberty and any place for me that's putting all these libertarian ideas and actually trying to make them work like they are with the free cities prospera um is one of them so the the fact that i'm seeing these ideas come to fruition and actually begin to start working that gives me hope and that's like where i want to invest my time you know, it, it's kind of like why I'm on X. That's where I want to invest my time because Elon wants free speech. You know, that's where I'm going to invest my money because that you know, Elon wants free speech. So that that was my thinking joining the Free Cities Foundation. And they were really great, actually. The, 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 um, my boss is wonderful. Um, his name is Peter Young. And the day that I had the interview for with them, was um the day i lost my appendix so imagine imagine emailing somebody and say hey i'm going into emergency surgery i can't do the interview <laughs> because i'm like, dying think about all the excuses i'm dying i apologize yeah. and i was like i hope they believe me because it's a hell of an excuse you right. know like i'm yeah, dying how many right grandmothers now. do you have that passed this week <laughs> Yeah, so it it was very awkward. I was like, I can give you a doctor's note. Um, here's my IV in my arm right now. I, I don't, I didn't know what else to do, but they were really sweet. And they were like, you know what? If you feel okay in a week, we can do the interview. And I was like, okay, because they were trying to get someone in quickly. Um, right. But yeah, I did the interview and I got the job. So it was fantastic. Very nice. I, Congratulations. I've been there. I've been there about seven or eight months now. Okay. Very nice. That's great. So, and I remember yeah. my first, my last job or this one that I was working my first week, I had 102 fever and I was sweating at my desk, shaking and like typing. And they sent me home and I'm like, I just started working here. I cannot have a sickness take over. I think you and I are like that mindset is like, yeah, literally, well, it takes death or near death to get us to keep from us from doing what we need to do. 
Yeah, my, my friend said you have Ohio salt of the earth attitude, and I think that's what it is. Like you're dying, but you're still keep working type thing. You yeah. know, uh, Peter's been a great boss in that sense because he understands that with me, I think. And he was just like, you know, take a break, <laughs> go walk <Yeah>. away, <laughs> don't get stressed out. And that's the problem. Man. So you nailed it, though. How, how did you come to even find the group to kind of intermingle or to to reach out to? Well, this is interesting. Um, so Jeff Deist, when he a uh, year or two years ago now, uh, when he was still working at the Mises Institute, he attended a Liberty in Our Lifetime event and he spoke at it in 2022. Um, and I helped him a bit with his slides and stuff. And I wanted to see my work up on the screen. Um, and I applied for the online you can get an online ticket to the event in Prague. So I applied to the online ticket in Prague and then I, I enjoyed it so much. I, I ended up not just watching Jeff's part, um, giving his presentation. I watched the whole two days of the presentations and I, I loved what they were speaking out, what they were doing. I'm like, finally, they're trying to put libertarian ideas to work instead of just infighting with each other, which is what I see a lot in libertarian circles. So I um, was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then when Mises let me go, my friend Robert Arrow, who actually is already was already working for the Free Cities Foundation um, uh, or doing some stuff for them, he was like, hey, they have an opening here. Why don't you apply for it? And I was like, okay, well, because um, I know their work. I know their people. I was like, I will apply. And I did, and I got accepted. So that was fantastic. Very nice. So it's been about eight, eight months so far? Yeah, about seven, eight months. I, I think I lost my appendix in May. That's like my. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my appendix day. It's like it was on my appendix day. day. You had an appendix day. You had a kidney day. You had a gallbladder day. And well, that. actually, it's funny because I spent my sixth birthday in the hospital when I was a kid because I had kidney failure at that time. Um, oh my god! So, so yeah. So I, I I've had I'm not a, trying I've to be glib about it. I'm just. So apologies. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I've had like the roughest life ever. And it's just like, okay, you just keep moving one foot in I front of that. the other. I was yeah. like, I'll struggle, rest when I'm dead. Struggle does make you grow <laughs> for some reason. It's, it's interesting how the friction is what actually keeps us going instead of the ease of it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's strange. It's like, even like, no matter how tough my life is, I'm just like, just keep going, keep breathing, keep working. That's what you got to do to, Get your ideas out there, survive, you know. Um, but you have three I, kids too. You've got purpose. You've got meaning. I mean, there's a lot of that to it. Yeah. Um, they're good kids too. My son, he's oh, going to be 18. My middle is going to be 16. My youngest is going to be six. So they basically are the reason. I mean, I see so many. Do you, do you notice this like in our, our age bracket that there are so many people who don't want kids? Like, yeah. For me, it was the only purpose growing up. I wanted then, to specifically speak with you about that, actually. So please, oh, please it, share everything. And I, no, I'll, I'm going to I'm going to blow your mind away in a second. But go ahead, please. Yeah. Now, see, I have three kids. I started at 19. I started very young. So um, I'm going to be 37. So for, for me, it was just like this is my purpose in life to have children. Um, I've never had an abortion. I never bought into that feminist thing that, you know, having a job is more fulfilling than having children. No, for me, that's bullshit. And so 
uh, but now I'm seeing all over the internet, there's the dink thing and dual income, no kids, no kids or whatever it is. And I just think that's so ridiculous. Like there's going to be all these people in the coming generations who's going to have nobody to take care of them and nobody to to fill the jobs to take care of them. Like, do people realize this? No, they don't. And I'm, I can speak to all of that, but yeah, it's a crazy time. I, I mean, thankfully, I, I definitely know my kids will take care of me. That's not a problem for me. But well, it sounds I, like you, you're taking very good care of them. So, oh, yeah, they're so spoiled. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I gave up. That's what love does, right? Love, love is both yeah. the spoil and the hurt, right? It's like the, yeah. the tough love, too. Yeah, the tough love, too. They get some of that as well. But I, you know, I was always one of those like peaceful parenting type moms you know they never got spanked they always got hugs and kisses and they've turned out okay so i did something right i don't know sounds like you did pretty good pretty well but yeah so i i think it's selfishness in a very real sense all these people who are just like oh we're gonna have a good time now well who's gonna take care of you when that good time's over you know yeah so if if i may (laughs) go ahead i'll listen so um, I grew up, uh, with the, I wanted the two and a half kids and the white picket fence and the whole thing. Very traditional, very isolated. My brother and I, so we're a traditional family of four. My parents are still together. 59, 60 years. Very traditional. My brother got someone pregnant at 19 and I was 16. So that one hit me pretty hard. And that set on a path, a different path for the two of us. And he has four children. And at 34, I actually voluntarily got a vasectomy and I don't have any children. So I will happily admit that there is some trauma somewhere going on. And it took me when I started contemplating whether I was going to do it or not. I was 31. So I did it. I it wasn't like snap decision. It was. I was very lost in purpose and reflecting on it's different now than it was then. But my girlfriend and I. We are, we're together now five years. She teaches special ed children for uh, second and fourth graders. And she also didn't, she wanted kids growing up too. And then something happened where she didn't. And both of us are together, but we both promote children. We both promote family because I think it allows. So this is the way I see it. I think what happened was everyone pushed family to people who didn't feel, who felt a little off. And it was a small percentage of people. No, you've got outliers, right? Some people don't agree with you, 10%, whatever it is. Just like there is, you know, there's uh, homosexuality as a certain percentage of the population, right? It just is. So I consider myself an outlier. However, in order for me to exist, the general population can't think the way I do. The general Mm -hmm. population has to still believe in or have that belief in the family system and everything. Right. So like what happened was people like myself culturally took over and said, you don't need kids. I don't believe that. I think that family allows people like weirdos like myself to exist in the society. Does that make sense? Because it's not I'm unstable enough, but I'm not a majority of unstable Does that to like destabilize the entire system. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The problem with that is now everybody's thinking like you. And well, that's the problem. It's become cultural. Yeah, right. we've it's seen a, a huge thing. drop in people having babies, and that's just uh, you know Elon Musk right. points this out a month. Uh, um, I'm sorry, points this out on Twitter, 
And yes. he, he keeps he keeps saying, you know, people need to have children and then the declining population and we're going to have big issues coming up. And he's, he's correct in all of that. I'm sure you were on that that spaces, right? With when they reinst with Alex and everybody. I was there. Yeah. OK, so I was listening as well. And as soon as this it's funny because this specific topic comes up because I know exactly where. I am a challenge to the system, but I also agree with the system. I just know specifically, remember, I'm an older person. I wasn't culturally pushed into that. I felt outlierish. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, and then with what had with just what happened with my experience with my personal life, that's what I then decided to do for myself. I never pushed that for anyone. If that makes sense. It, it was a decision for me, not a lifestyle decision. If that makes sense, it was more of a how I see family in the world kind of thing. Well, as long as you're not being a negative on society, I think it's okay. But at right, the same exactly. time, you know, eventually when you get older, you're going to need help. Correct. You know, and when, I, you ha when you have family, you have that backbone. There's still time to adopt, right. is what I'm telling you. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's true, and that's and that's the thing. It's like I've talked with my girlfriend about it, but my girlfriend and I are in the same page. Once again, we absolutely contribute. I mean, she we work. Yeah. She works with special needs children. You know what I mean? She helps with children uh, with communication delay and things. And it's she's a such a beautiful person. I am the most blessed person to find her in my life. You know, it's it's just a beautiful thing. But it is specifically for me. The children I made, I did like, you know, I actually put an end to that for me. Like, I obviously I know I can do it IVF, too, by the way. You know, there's a lot of different ways we could do it. But but like I said, it was always it's like one of those things that now has been not an obstacle for me in the libertarian thing, because I am on the side of family. I I believe in family. Family creates stability. Family is legacy. Family is the continuation. Well, family's of the first line of defense against the state. And that's what people right. and, really don't understand. And we need to be having big families. We need to be having strong yeah. families. We, we need families who have money and can push right. back and say, you know, like Elon Musk is doing, fuck you. We, you right. know, we need those right. people, natural elites pushing back saying, fuck you against the state with their, you know, 10 baby army behind them. That's what we need. Right. And some and, of the problems are urbanization, though, you know, like the point of having 20 kids was you worked on the farm, you had labor, you had, you know, accidents happen too back then. You know what I mean? There's a lot of interesting dynamics take, to that. I would take people having one or two kids at this point. Just Oh, yeah. Know, well, we what's it? 2.1 is the country. standard, right? So if you get if you can get a two and a three every you just get a two and a three every other family, you're good, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, we're not seeing that. We're basically seeing no, that. No, no. And no to your point, the dink all. thing, sitting there parading like, oh, don't have kids because I'm amazing. Look how free my life. It, it's not how, how I perceive what I did with my choice on it, if that makes sense. It's not from that mm -hmm. lifestyle perspective where that's self. Obviously, it's selfish, too, but it. I'd have to talk to you offline probably about it, but <laughs> but basically yeah. there are some things that that just I you know, made me decide that. But what's interesting was there was a woman who tried to trap me a year after I had that procedure. And that was a fun story. That so. That's, that's weird. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. I find weird. So yeah, that was an interesting one, but women, yeah. women that tried to do that are uh, very yeah. mm, wrong. Well, to that, your that's point, a good word for it. Right. It's not just women and men. It's like individuals do bad things. There can be bad individuals. It has nothing to do with whether it's a woman or a man, right? Kind of thing. You know, we all do it in different ways. 
though. Yeah. We just need to be good. Yeah, and that goes back to my, you know, thing. Just try to be a good person. That that, that that's just it. And try not to cause too many problems in society. And well, I, I guess I couldn't say that because you know I'm the person who's protesting against you. You know, I want to abolish the Fed and stuff. So that that's a lot of problems that we cause in society. But those are problems that we need to cause. You know, for a better future for our children. Yeah. That's yeah. So tell at. me about that. So tell me about the Fed. Oh, Pop it needs your to be head, abolished. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the Federal Reserve, they're causing massive inflation right now. And, you know, when there's too much money chasing too few goods, we get inflation. And that's some, that's what the Fed causes. And not many people understand. It. They might just understand it better this year, I actually think. I think it's, that there's a better understanding of what the Fed does and how evil it is. Uh, I think we're slowly getting that out there, but people really don't understand just how horrible it is. Now, Malini, he's, you know, a lot of people say the only thing with Malini is, you know, he's ending the central bank and then he's coming over to the dollar. And that's just trading one central bank for another. But, you know, in a very real sense, the dollar's the least dirty shirt in the laundry, which is, I hate saying that. But that's the truth. Well, it uh, is because, I mean, do you want, do you want them to stay with BRICS? Because BRICS yeah. is building. I mean, BRICS is growing. And with the Indian use of oil from Russia and with Russia's not hurting the way America said they were going to hurt with these sanctions. They're stronger than ever. They built, they're starting to build internally now. It's kind of a dangerous thing. And at least stepping away from BRICS helps in that, to your point, kind of staving off the flood. But to your yeah. deeper point, we need to fix the whole problem. Well, the flood's coming no matter if we do anything or not. I mean, hurt a lot now or hurt a lot later that then for generations to come, that's where we're at. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a hot mess right now. Peter St. Orange is actually one of my favorite followers on Twitter. As I started um, following him. Yeah. I started tweeting and responding to some of his stuff recently. Yeah. Besides his awesome t-shirts, which I love, uh, he gives you a, a rundown of the fed like every day. So I highly recommend people go and watch his videos and you'll have an understanding of the shitstorm that's about to come because there's a shitstorm coming. But he is super, super good at just putting those pieces together and explaining it in layman's terms and making you understand it. So I highly recommend people go follow him. I'm not. So very... I know the shitstorm's coming and I'm completely wholly unprepared. What good is knowing without being prepared for it? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I have some silver. I have bullets. I have uh, canned food. I know how to grow. I know how to hunt. My kids know how to hunt. They know how to fish. You know, my, my kids, if you drop them in the forest now, they will survive. <laughs> you know, that, that's Very just nice. how I raised them growing up. And yeah, totally. Because even when they were little, I saw that this was all building up to something major. And we, we saw it advance really quickly last year when they printed off, what, $6 trillion? For COVID relief, or that was 2000. What was it? I think it was in the last four or five years they printed more than the total up to that point, or some ridiculous. There was some ridiculous something. Well, that's a little strange. Yeah. yeah. Can uh, you? I can think, you? I think Robert. Um, Robert uh, Arrow actually has a good article on this on okay. and he talks about okay. it. It's not like 30 percent or something it, it, it's a lower number than what they were reporting oh okay yeah it's just it was one of those shock numbers you know that yeah one of those shock things but it is astounding how much they've printed in the last couple of years uh it, it's like more than my whole life now 
you know, just the last That's few years. Right, right. But, but if you if you look, you know, Ron Paul had a really great great quote once. He said, um, "It's no coincidence that a century of central banking coincided with a century of total war." And this is what we're seeing. And whenever we're in war, it just gives them a more of an excuse to, you know, print money. And that's yeah, why my favorite picture of the week. Yeah, my favorite the- picture of the week was Zelensky standing with all the, all the the Raytheon and the Lockheed. Oh Mark. yeah. It's like, oh, hi everybody. This is our family yearbook. This is our family reunion. What a beautiful, warm, just you know, ball of death that everybody just wants to throw at each other. Yeah, that war is war- the health of the state. That's really what I we're mean, at with that. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a mean, shame because it's like I remember the Zelensky thing, and I call my mother. My mom, like I said, we're center right for sure. My parents are a little more conservative because they're just anti-communist because they dealt with it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they they left it. They literally escaped it. So it's a they're anti-communist, if not more just pro-capitalist, right? As much as anything. <laughs> so they were fighting this the whole time and you know we're watching this i call my mom and i'm like Zelensky's gonna become noriega they're gonna prop him up they're gonna make him make him like this king and then it's gonna shit's gonna hit the fan and then he's gonna run away and now he's looking at property in florida from what i hear and yeah. i feel like he's gonna be well, has some I, beautiful brief hunt property I, I saw that property in florida thing and i don't know how much i can actually oh, trust it okay um what is so it about I, I, yeah can you can you dissect that a little bit maybe Oh, I can't really dissect it. I, I mean, oh. from what I've seen, it's just like a bullshit rumor. Oh, okay. It's just a property bullshit. In Florida. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's what yeah. I got out of that. But, but outside Zelensky, of that, the other stuff is legit. The rest of that's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's just funneling money in and out. That's really what it boils down to. It's a scheme. It's a racket. So. Where's a racket? We'll, it's medley. Yep. Suddenly, uh, and, and you know, wars the health of the state as well. So they yeah. they need these wars to keep themselves relevant and spending. So you end up going to a free city. Have you visited any of these free cities? I have not. I'm hoping to visit a couple next year, um, or at least one of them. Um, I don't know if that's in the cards yet, but we'll see. I'm definitely am going back to Prague next year. I know that for a fact. Excellent. Um, so, so that's one thing I do want to do this year, uh, next year. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm kind of easing into it a little bit more and more every day. Do you have Freedom Fest on the docket for next year as well? No, I do not. I might. <laughs> you Excellent. never know. All right, I already got uh, my. I'm, I don't have. Free, I don't have the Freedom Fest ticket. It's very interesting. Two years ago, I was in Vegas at the Mirage, and my girlfriend and I just go maybe five times to Vegas. We drive up. And we just spend a weekend, nothing crazy. And uh, we're sitting there, and it turns out Freedom Fest was going on. Met a whole bunch of unique people there. So I already have just a hotel room at like ten bucks a night in Paris, down the down a little bit further down the strip. But hey, I just locked it in. It's like at least I'll be there. So hoping to get the energy off it. Yeah, I always tell people I'm happy to come to events. You just gotta pay my way. <laughs> That's what yeah. I always tell them. I have yeah. three kids. I mean, we're struggling. Right. So yeah. the pain, the pain does the pain's the trouble, right? Yeah. My, my son's working full time. So that helps Excellent. a little bit. He's a good kid. Um, so he, he can now like pay for his own little things if he wants them, which helps. So, but yeah, other than that, it's like, if people want me at events, 
I will be happy to come and speak or talk or meet or mingle. Just pay my for my plane ticket and my <laughs> hotel, okay? We'll make that a uh, disclaimer. Pay my way. Pay my way. Um, so yeah, no, um, I, I have attended some great events though over the years. It's been fun. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, so we've got the whole wall of fame over here on this side with all the places you did. You get a shot of the all the events with the tags, or are they further off screen? Oh, they're further off screen. Hold okay. on. It's okay. We don't have. <laughs> oh, well, there they go. Okay, there they are. Okay, great. Yeah. So, what's one of your most memorable moments from some of these uh, conventions or events that you've attended recently? Maybe this year that you've been to. Or... Oh, it was definitely Prague. I was up on uh, stage speaking. Um, my wow, favorite. Wow. You yeah. had a speech to prepare? Yeah, I was. I was. I I hosted a panel, but my favorite thing about the panel was that I got to speak some German. So um, not only kannst was it du Deutsch sprechen? Du kannst gut Deutsch sprechen oder oder nicht so gut? Ja, just a little. Oh, ein bisschen. Yeah. Ja, nur, I, nur ein bisschen. Aber du hast du hast Deutsch da mit in. I'm trying to bring back all I've learned from Ramstein over the years. Hold on. <laughs> Very nice. My buddy loves Ramstein. He goes to all his concert, all their concerts. Um. So, so I, I basically just said Burger Ganache and Shaft Middle Saxon. That was like <laughs> the, the one thing I and had to host. learn. And do host. And oh, guten tag. So guten tag. Yeah. Guten tag. Yeah. So um, at least you got to use it, right? That's always good. I got to use it, so um, that was fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll probably going. Definitely going back next year. So I want to do it again. Um, but yeah, speaking was a lot of fun. It's a beautiful venue. It was gorgeous. Like I've never seen such a beautiful, open, just like relaxing venue before. You know, sometimes you go into like um, events and it's all closed off and it's a dark room and they have like. Black. Yeah, it's like well, and it low was, ceilings, like a Holiday Inn. It's like a Holiday yeah. Inn convention. With the, yeah. yeah. No, this had vaulted ceilings and uh, they had all the. Uh, there's doors uh, going out to like little um, balconies and stuff. They were all open. So all this fresh air was coming in and it was just relaxing. It was comforting. Very nice. Lots of good food. And um, the one thing I like about this event, which I've noticed with a lot of, excuse me, my earphone came out. I noticed with a lot of like um, libertarian conferences and stuff, like children aren't really welcomed. But at Free Cities events, we encourage people to bring their children. And we also are fine with people bringing their dog as well. So okay. as weird as it sounds, we had we had two dogs there this year, and then we had that'll one. bring my girlfriend. She'd be all up in the dogs. Yeah, I, I, I you know, they were adorable. I, um, one of their names was Greta. I forget the other name. It was Eddie. <laughs> so Greta and Eddie, uh, they were very well behaved though. So there was like no issue. Um, but yeah, and the children, a bunch. We had a bunch of children this year. You know, from teenager on down. So it was, that was fantastic to see because, you know, it, I see a lot of people cutting off like the younger generation from like Liberty circles. And it just bugs me because it's like, this is your future behind you. You want to start teaching right. them now. And right. then I'm not seeing that happen. And here we are, we're going to be stuck in like 10 years. Well, we're seeing a slightly, I hate to say disturbing trend because it, it concerns me more in a war way, but seeing the youth have the largest, conservative movement among 16 18 year old boys it's both a good thing but i know libertarians a little more conservative minded but we don't we don't need the republican conservative because they're the ones who are going to start the wars we don't need those guys we need the libertarian minded type conservatives right that have a little more family oriented things like that how do we capture that group of young men give them purpose because it feels like that group 
feels more lost than other groups feel. Well, yeah, I mean, my son, he's definitely more on the conservative side, but he's a smart kid. I think that I think that generation's going to figure it out. I'm worried about the generation before my son's generation. To yeah, the, generation. you're talking millennials. Yeah, there's yeah. that one group. Yeah. There is that group. Well, that's kind of the thing is like you may have that dip, but that next generation is going to be the replacement family. But it it's still trending downward, which is the danger, which is to your point, you can it still is a pyramid piece. You still need to feed the population in the bottom to make this thing work. It's just it's just how it works. It's just how nature and probabilities work. Everything will collapse. If you have an inverted pyramid, it's not going to work that way. Just to your point. Yeah. I mean, I mean that it is what it is. Well, you That's did your part. I did my part. You know, I have three kids. I can die happy now. That's what Amen. I get. And I'm you like, do, and and it's funny because a lot of the stuff was going on. We talk COVID and stuff. And let's talk education. It's interesting because I'm in Arizona and my girlfriend. I was sharing things that I was hearing from you know, Twitter's or X is very unique. I just heard on the news about the sex scandal with the senator thing on mainstream. I remember seeing on X on what Thursday night going, how many days do we have this to ourselves before mainstream media is going to even mention it or even get a whiff of it? And we had it, you know, we had the shot heard around the world days before anyone ever knew that the thing was fired, right? Well, well, that's the thing. You're getting your news on X before mainstream media now. And what's hysterical was their headlines were reading like we all didn't see the gay video already. You know, right, that, right. that's it's like everyone's already watched the video and you're we've already talk. watched it. I, I forgot what headline it was, but they were like alleged. Right. Uh, yeah, well, it, that, it, that's it, a legal thing. Alleged. Yeah, I think I replied on that because it is a legal thing because they can't, you know, it's still that stupid, not in a court of law right. bullshit, you know. But like we all saw it like, OK, right. whatever. Well, to that <laughs> point. Know. So what's interesting is X is a unique microcosm of the of the country, which is different than what you may experience locally. None of the ideology, the CRT stuff, none of this, my girlfriend is very aware of it like I am. She doesn't get that in her school, in her kindergarten, like her elementary school the way others do. And I know it's a more suburban, conservative type things. So there are pockets of these, you know, more extreme CRT and less extreme CRT. But it's like, you know, and all the other stuff, the DEI and all those other indoctrination type things, a transgender thing. She doesn't experience that in her school like others do. And that's not to say it's not happening. It's just to say that if without like X is such a great platform to your point is everyone can express what's going on locally to, to the world so that they know and they're aware that there are things like that going on. And I think that's the beauty of X is just the expression. And that's where your free speech comes in. You know, that's, yeah. you have to share everything. If I didn't believe in X, I wouldn't be supporting it. And I went up to premium plus. So, that, and that's, that's exactly why I did as well. I don't have the money and I'm, I supported it. You know, I paid the annual fee. Get rid of Disney. You got premium plus, you know, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That's easy. That was an easy one though. Wasn't it? For, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you really, first of all, the, the, it's not like the material, the content's even good anymore. Like make it good and ideological. You can't, you they're can't kinda, be bad they, and ideological. Okay. So they kind of lost me when they fired Gina. That made me very upset when they fired Gina. You, uh, Gina. Gina. Gina um, Gershon. Gina. Yeah. Uh, uh, or Gina Carano. Car- Car- uh, yeah, I can't say her Carano. last name. 
Yeah, Carano, the one from the yes, the one from Mandalorian, right? Mandalorian, yeah. She's a UFC fighter that that's mm-hmm. yes. Absolutely. That yeah, tell me about that. Tell me about what your feelings were about that. Oh, it's just made me upset because it's like she's just trying to get, you know, the COVID nonsense out there and try to explain it to people succinctly and they went off on her, you know it's something we see if you don't agree with their narrative, they will find every way and accuse you of everything just to get you fired or, you know, get your views out of the public so that you can't no longer spread your truth. That That's what happened. I mean, she was right about COVID. She was right up there with, you know, people like Rob Schneider and stuff, pushing back. Right. Well, Rob Schneider also suffered that. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if you really recall. I mean, you're you're younger than I am, so you may not have hit the Rob Schneider cancellation period of his career. Maybe you did, but he had a little part where he did. At least the narrative was that he went off the deep end. And then he had that show that he had that wasn't that funny, but it wasn't pushed that much. But it had already started speaking out against the establishment. So they had already kind of started that concerted effort to push him out of the mainstream. Yeah, but what's funny is he's gained um, up to a million plus followers. Oh, absolutely! Since he started speaking and, out, so it's like and his real personality—he's no longer like the cliche or the cutout character that you can do it or the Steve O guy. He's actually like Rob Schneider, right? Where yeah. Sometimes you get typecast. Like Michael Richards is going to be Kramer to me pretty much the rest of his life, but Jason Alexander's George. But but I don't see. You know, the, uh, Rob Schneider is the you can do it only guy now. He's much more broader and he's been, you know, shown to be much more have a breadth and a depth to his character and himself. Not, not to mention highly intelligent. Yes. <laughs> you know, the guys out there reading Mises, not many people read Mises or Rothbard or, right. you know. And nuanced. So, he's able to yeah. have a nuanced. Con- the, I love how we're unable to hold two different con- like thoughts in the same time in our head. It's like it's not binary, people. It's no. not binary. It's like ridiculous is like this good, that bad. It's like there's so many shades of gray in there, right? It's like, well, you know, what kind of disappoints me is assuming that there are actors out there who aren't intelligent and there are actually actors out there who are highly intelligent. And uh, yeah, some some for reasons they can't speak out, but, you know, they're good people. Absolutely. That's why we need the Elon Musk out there who, you know, have the fuck you money saying fuck you. So, yeah. <laughs> I have the, I have the, uh, I must consider your proposal before I say no money. That's the voice that I have right now. <laughs> I can't say go fuck yourself yet. Yeah, I can't, oh. I can't either, but you know, I have not much else to lose. So whatever. I still, I'm do a rebellion anyway. though. That's true. I am a little bit of a rebellion. I can't really keep, keep my mouth shut too long though. But yeah. so is there anything else uh, that you'd like to talk about or share? It's been a very pleasant conversation. Thank you again for gifting your Sunday uh, afternoon with me. Oh, you're welcome. No, um, not much else. Uh, you will having a birthday tomorrow. That's <laughs> Happy birthday! We'll get it. We'll get it blasted on Twitter. Are we going to do a Twitter? What's that? Twitter party where we just tweet uh, trend well, Happy birthday! I, I, w- I was gonna. I was just gonna tweet my uh, donation link because I don't have a subscription button. This is some. This is one thing about X that I have an issue with, but. The guys that are looking into a subscription button, but I haven't had one for a full year. And I, th- I, I hear what the issue with the subscription button is. Now, don't quote me on this, is that Apple only allows a certain amount of subscribers for an app. And uh, 
so they, they did the first round. Now they're attempting to do the second round of allowing these specific subscribers to come through. So I'm waiting on that. But uh, so, yeah, if you I'm switch to Android. Time. Does that circumvent the problem? No. At least that's what I was told. So, OK, I was just curious because yeah. I, I know that Apple's had its own issues with Play Store and some other issues as well, where there's a general not compatibility issue, but a little bit of the cross. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was just going to post my donation and be like, pretend you subscribe to me for a year. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Well, well, definitely happy birthday. And um, I'd like to open this. If you ever want to talk about or share any, anything, I'm open to talk. I have, I can talk about almost any topic that you'd want to discuss. So just don't play chess. Oh, I have a lot of topics. Topic yeah. Here. We, we could, we could do a chess live stream. You want to do a chess live stream? No, no, or I do I'm not just... want to be locked. I lose in eight moves or three moves or whatever. No, no, thank you. I'm a kamikaze chess person. I like taking out, like, I just sacrifice my person for that. I'm very. Oh, bad. you're one of those queen trade people. I'm a horrible per player. Yes. that's. Hmm. I did try. I was in the club. I just wasn't very good. So That's funny. Anyway, so, well, thank you again. <laughs> Happy birthday. And like I said, please tweet this out to everyone because I'd love, I will. I'm here to speak with anyone. Um, like I said, I have Dr. Reckonwald tomorrow, but I am looking to be a medium for people's voices. That's it. More than anything. I don't need to believe in what you believe in to believe in you. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. So, and, you know, we need to have more conversations with people we don't necessarily agree with 100%. That's something that's awesome. seriously lacking in society, in my opinion. There are people I get along with on the left. My, my own parents are left. They voted for Biden. You know, I still, they're five minutes away. I was just at my mom's the other day. So it's like, I get along fine with my parents. We just don't talk politics. But, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you again. Uh, if there are any closing comments, Thanks anything again, once again, it's Natalie Danilishan. Is that correct? That's Excellent. right. You did All a right. great job. Free-cities.org. Thank you again for the time. I'm, I'm more than grateful. I'll get these things spliced together. We had some technical issues, but uh, I'll get it together as quickly as I can. And keep a lookout for uh, the Liberty in Our Lifetime event. I should be posting it next week. And yeah, definitely check out freecities.org. Excellent. Thank you so much again. Like I said, I've, we've got each other on DM and stuff. So feel free to reach out if there's anybody you want me to, if you have anybody you want me to get in contact with, like I said, I'm, an, I'm, I, I see myself as like a conduit for it. Cause I just, I want to talk interesting topics and, and ideas and things. And that's what it's all about is getting the ideas out. Cause the more ideas we have to choose from the better ultimate option, the, the ultimate decision we'll make better. hundred percent. Thanks for having me. Thank you again, Natalie. Have a great day. Take care. One, two, three, four. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say good night, sweetheart.